Okay, uh, well, welcome to to part two of the of the Sunday night series in uh, you know there's supposed to be Sunday night baseball, so this is in place of Sunday night baseball. Um, uh, uh, so part two in a series of uh, as I've called it, prophetic vision in the 21st century: the message of Nevi'im Rishona, the story of the book of Sh of Shoftim. Um, the series will focus on how Shmuel Hanavi, the author of the book of Shoftim sent us many messages of our times. Tonight's tonight share in the series is dedicated with Zecha Nishmas, Harabi Rachmiel, Ben Avram Meir, uh, who we are still in the Shloshim, right? Shloshim is yeah, the, yeah, still in Shloshim. Still in Shloshim for, for having just passed away recently. And Hashanah should have an Aliyah and Chosel of world learning. We are blessed to have uh, some of the family, uh, child and grandchild on, on the screen. So, uh, and, and other people. <coughs> So, uh, welcome. Uh, welcome to all the shul members who are on. This is Ryan, Moshe, Yael. Uh, thank you for joining us, plus all the people present uh, that, are, that are here in shul. Okay. Uh, so, let's get, let's get into, into this a little bit. Um, and then we'll, then we'll pick up. Uh, okay. So, last week we discussed um, the concept of Nevoah. So, I, I mentioned a couple of things last week. Number one, we said that Nevoah is that... That what, so what we're going to see in this book that, that the Novi and the Shofet are two different realities. What, what was true about the Novi was not true about the Shofet. As, as I mentioned last week, the Shofet comes in all different sizes and shapes and colors. Um, the, the Novi, the Rambam, in the seventh parak of Lucha Sisode, a Torah, gives a very clear rubric of what a Novi is. A Novi is someone who's coivacious Yitzro, who captures his inclinations who's in control, who has is deeply thought out, who, you know, who's a, who's a tremendous gibor in so many different ways. The shofet doesn't have to be that way. The shofet is someone who fit, fit the need of that, of that generation. And, and we said it wasn't inherited. Uh, there was no, uh, there was no, well, there's, there's an issue we have to get with Gidon, or his son, one of the sons tried to take over the whole the whole civil war over there. But generally, we don't, we don't see, you see Asniel ben Kenazah will learn about it, and, and you see uh, Ehud ben Geira. There's no, there's no connection between one shofet and, and, and the other. They are simply demands of the generation that, that needs to, uh, that, that, needs, uh, that needs a shofet. So, and, and that's important. And that's why, that's why we, we don't have to judge their moral character. I was having a discussion the other day about Shimshon, uh, and some of his activities, which we, which we scratch our head. Shimshon doesn't fit the model of the Godel Ador. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, he, was a, he was a tremendous Yeshua in Klal Yisrael. Uh, Rabbi Tachtel writes in his Sefer, he writes that, you know, part, part of the problem with people who are against Zionism, modern Zionism, is, is they decided that, that the, the Moshiach Yisrael has to be uh, someone who wears a Bekashah and a Kabbalah. And if you don't wear the Bekesh and the Kabbalah, you can't possibly be a Moshiach Yisrael. You can't be the Shlucho Shomokom. Impossible. Really Tachtel says that's uh, insane. That's an insane idea that, 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 that we know exactly the picture of what the Moshiach Yisrael is going to be. And if there's ever a message that Sefer Shoftim sends, that's the message that it sends. That there are different people of different types and different characters. Uh, characteristics. Some may be more learned, some might be less learned, 
but but somehow if their role they can save the Jewish people, that's a tremendous thing. Listen, we 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 see that in, uh, certainly in the last seventy-two years. Uh, uh, yeah, okay. So the people the people that we that that helped uh, helped uh, develop Israel were not always uh, were not always the people maybe we like to to, to be. Uh, some of that is because we, we we like to criticize and we don't just get involved. So no, that's another thing that that Rabbi Tuchtel said. Um, Rabbi Kalisha said that a uh, hundred years before that also get involved. And so so that's very important that a, a Moshia Yisrael is someone who in his generation stands up and, and saves the Jewish people. And that was the role of the Shoftim. The Shoftim, yeah, now some of them were, 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 were tremendously righteous. We're going to talk about Asniel ben Kenaz. Asniel ben Kenaz was the God of Ador. And, and Eli HaKohen at the end was the God of Ador. There's no question about that. And we had, we had Shoftim like that. Um, the Gemara says that if, the Gemara says that Ibsam, the Shoftim Ibsam was, was Boaz, Boaz was clearly the God of Ador. So it's not that we didn't have that. We absolutely had that. But it wasn't, it, but it wasn't necessarily in the same way like as the Novi fit into that model. So it, it, it wasn't necessarily like that. And, and I think that's important. I think one of the messages that Shmuel Hanavi sends to us in this book is, is when the Moshiach Yisrael appears, don't push them away. And, and don't assume don't assume that he's going to come in your vision of, of, of what he looks like. Like, you know, we, we, we all have visions of, uh, of our superheroes, right? Uh, and don't assume that he's going to be like that. And, and, and so many other people have what to contribute. Uh, we just passed uh, the Shloishim for Rabbi, Rabbi Norman Lamb. So, so, so I always tell over the story. I heard this from him directly. I was in the room when, when, he, when he told this story. So one of the years um, that why you honored Teddy Collick. So Teddy Collick was the longtime mayor of Yushalayim. Now Teddy Collick was not one of our fans. Uh, he was not not a big fan of religious people. Uh, we know that. So so they so they asked Rabbi Lamb. They said to Rabbi Lamb, they said, how could how could you uh, how could you honor him? Uh, and and his answer was because Teddy Collick built the municipality of Yushalayim. When he became mayor, he he made sure that the city functioned like the city. And he built the transportation, and he built the water, and he made sure there was there was a sewage system. He made sure he said he says that's also a builder, and that's also important. And you're right, he was he wasn't the the uh, the Godolador, and he maybe he didn't like us in the way in the way that he should have. However, but but, but that's also a contribution, and, and I, I really think that that's the message to say that 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 the, it's not always what you seem. The Moshiach Yisrael is not always always what you seem. Sometimes it could be a non-Jew. We, we, throughout our history, we've had, listen, uh, uh, Lord Balfour uh, was certainly an example of someone who, who had, who, uh, the, in the Balfour Declaration, who certainly uh, ha had some positive things to say. Uh, uh, you know, th there was a time where, where even Napoleon, as crazy as he was, um, uh, who, what, what, you know, he wanted to, they, he wanted to, he let Jews uh, have some, somewhat of autonomy at different times. There are a lot of, a lot of people, there are a lot of even non-Jews in history, we never know uh, what role, what role they play. And, and that's, that's, that's a message of Sefer Shoftim that I think has to be, has to be told. Now, um, the, at the beginning of the Sefer, um, so we, we spoke about, uh, there's, there's one very clear idea. So, so I want to give you the negativity uh, of, of, of the beginning of the Sefer, 
uh, and I want to give you the, the, uh, the somewhat positive. We as a people need leadership. Um, we do not do well with Hefkeris. Hefkeris is not the way of the Jewish people. There has to be structure. There has to be, um, you know, one of, you know, it, it's, it's, very, it's very interesting that, um, you know, we call the sitter, right? What, what, why is it called sitter? The sitter is from the word seder, because there's an order to davening. In other words, in other words um, when we built the Mishkan, the Torah says, so we have to build Hashem's house the way he wanted us to do. You would think the opposite. I could, I, I'm building Hashem's house. You're going to tell me how to build the house? No, wrong. If you want, if you want the house to be Hashem's house, it, it, it's through a, a rubric and a measurement of, of, of Seder. And we see, and we see at the end of Parshas Prakude that Moshe step by step by step by step puts together the Mishkan. And the sitter is davening, because you're not supposed to uh, daven on your own. You're supposed to daven a, a, a certain way. Uh, are you going to tell me that, oh, how can I do the same davening every day? Well, that's your job. A person's job is to look at each Shemona Esrei and say, it's not the same Shemona Esrei as I davened this morning or I davened last night. Yeah, everyone has to create, uh, everyone has to create a, a new concept every day in Shmon Esra. So, so, so even though it might be the same words, but, but, it, but, it, but it, to each person, it can be a very different experience each and every time we dive in uh, Shmon Esra. Now, uh, one, of the, one, one of the mistakes of the generation of Yeshua, and it's a mistake of the next generation, even in, in a more way, maybe Yeshua didn't, could do all of it, uh, is that they didn't push out the Canaan. Now, now we are not good living among the Goyim. That doesn't work for us because that leads to assimilation. That leads to intermarriage, as we're going to see in, in this Sefer. This Sefer tells our story here. Uh, and uh, we're going to see at the end of the first parak that they kept the Canaanim and, and, they were, and then, 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 they were, then they were taken in by the, the way of life of the Canaanim and eventually that led to Avodazara and that led to, to idol worship. The message is that we have to define we have to define our own Jewish life has to be defined by ourselves. And and it doesn't mean that we don't that we live in a ghetto, it doesn't mean we live in a small shtetl, it doesn't mean that, but it means that, that we have that, that, that we have to have boundaries in our life to keep our, our, our Jewishness. Chazal tell us uh, right? It says in the Pasuk that, that you have to make boundaries. Uh, and, they, and they didn't make boundaries. And when they didn't make the boundaries, they said, oh, we'll let the Canaan live among us. Oh, well, we'll charge them taxes. It'll be good for the economy. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, uh, it was a mistake. Now, the, the, now, after the death of Yeshua, there was a shockwave that went, that went through the Jewish people. The sh what was the shockwave? First, you had Moshe, who was, was there at Aaron who were there at every winking moment. And then when Moshe died, so already we saw in Parshas Pinchos that Yeshua was appointed to be part of, to be part of Am Yisrael um, immediately uh, while Moshe was, was, was still alive. The Gemara says in the Sanhedrin there are two, that, that human beings are jealous people by nature, but there are two groups of people that we're not jealous of. One is our children, Right, right, right. If you're a normal parent, uh, you're happy if your children are better than you, so uh, or make more money than you, uh, 
or whatever, become a very good Tamil than you. The other group is your students. We're not jealous of our students. We want our students to be greater than us. That's why we plan. That's why we plan. Hear that, Adam? No pressure. Uh, we, 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 want, we, want, we want our students to be greater than us. That's the, that's the, that's the ultimate compliment to ourselves. When you when you when you raise a when you raise a, a student and and it becomes tamakoham, you know alavai alavai lano and and you can say you know I I was there when it when it happened. That's the good. So Gemara says hey, we're not we're not jealous. We're, we're thrilled. We're beyond thrilled uh, of, of that. So 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 Yoshua was able to be appointed when Moshe was alive. And Moshe, well, besides that, Moshe was the most humble of all people. But besides that, but there was no there was no even a thought of. of of difficulty because we're, we're you know we're very excited. Um, we also know that the last thing that Aaron Cohen saw in his lifetime was 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 the, was the big day Kahuna taken off of him and put on his son Elazar. So that was the last thing he saw in his lifetime. Imagine that, uh, what a, a tremendous uh, you know passing of the torch as 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 we see. So so that's uh, so that so that's that's very that's very important to to know. Now um, okay, so let's look at the beginning of the safer. So for the first time in their lives, they do not have that, that, that leadership. Now, the truth is, truth be told, the Gemara says in Sanhedrin that there are three mitzvahs that Bidesra was commanded upon entering the land. One was to appoint the king. They were supposed to have a king because we do better when, when there is a formal uh, structure in place. They're supposed to destroy Amalek and build the base of Mikdash. Right? Those are the, the three main mitzvahs that they were supposed to do upon entering the land. So for the first time in their lives, they We're stuck in a, in a, in a, in a suspended animation. Yoshua has died uh, and we don't know what to do next. We know that we have to still capture the Canaan. We know we still have to uh, get the Canaanim out of the land. But who's going to do it? We don't, we don't have, we're, we're, we're kind of lost. Like, who's going to be that leader? Now, so what, so how do they find out the answer to that question? So we, we actually, we look at Rashi. Um, so Rashi points out, that Yoshua did, what happened was Yoshua divided the whole land. Like every place and every shave it was called, every city that they owned, that they were supposed to take over. But they didn't, but they didn't have all the cities. So we're going to see in this paragraph that one was legitimate, but the rest were not. The rest they should have. But anyway, but they still, so they knew they had, so, so we're going to see. So let's say Shevet Yehuda was given certain lands, but some of the cities in Canada were still there. And they knew that was their land. So they had to go and, and capture it. So who was gonna who was gonna light that fire? Who was gonna be the spark? Uh, uh, you know, and they wanted to go and and, ca and capture that land. By Yomer Hashem Yehuda Yahweh, So this is already a, a foreshadowing. Uh, Hashem tells Am Yisrael Yehuda is your leader. So that's already planting the seeds uh, for for um, uh, for for the Malchus based of it. That, that ultimately the, the Jewish people's leadership is going to pass through Yehuda. And that's very clear from, from the beginning. The Ramban writes, now, now I, I, I think I'm stretching it to know, but he's only writes this in Chumash. The Ramban says, that the, the 
actions of the fathers is supposed to be a, a foreshadowing for what the children do. So when the Navi tells us Yehuda Yala, that Yehuda is going to go first, then um, that's that's the sign that ultimately Yehuda is going to be the and 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 already Shmuel Hanavi, interesting Shmuel Hanavi, who actually not only does he tell us that Yehuda is going to be the leader of the Jewish people here, but Shmuel Hanavi is actually the one who spreads the needle. He's the one who anoints David Amalek to be the king in his lifetime. And when before Shmuel dies, he actually sees the fruition of this nevuah of Yehuda Yale come, come, come into being. Although he does not live to see David actually become the king. But but he already he already set the scene uh, for for this to happen. So it's, it's very it's very important, um, and I, I really wanted to point this out. Uh, if you did it last week, that you got you, you have to look at the whole picture here. You have to remember Shmuel Hanovi, who writes the book, lived at the end of the story. He's the, he's the la he's called the last shofet, and, and he writes the book um, uh, with a lot of understanding of a lot of different things that happen. Jewish history in the last 350 years. Certainly Baruch HaKodesh, if it's, in, if it's a book of Navi, it's Baruch HaKodesh. But I think some of it is also stories that Zedi told me, that, that uh, you know, was told to him, that he passed down. Uh, you know, there were, there were stories. Now, now, what's interesting also is that, so how did they, how did they find out an answer? So they went to the Urim Matum. Right? The Kohen Gadol were the, the Urim Matumim, and the letters would light up on the Urim Matum, right? Each, each, uh, um, uh, you think uh, the, uh, the baseball created banners? We created banners before there was ever baseball. In the midbar, they had banners, right? And, and what was on the banners? The color of the stone uh, of each shavit that, that was in the that was in the coin god those over in the tomb. That's what the that's what the midbar. So midbar looked like uh, they they walked with flags. They're literally flags with banners. Um, that wasn't created by baseball. That was created a long time ago. Uh, anyway, so they went to the Urim Batumim. Now, before I should point out, when Moshe and Yeshua was alive, there was no Urim Batumim. I, I, I mean, I don't mean it existed, but they didn't ever have to go to the Urim Batumim. They, they, when Moshe and Yeshua was alive, whatever they needed to know, what, what? It was a direct quote, right? Very good. Uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was pointed out uh, to them. Now, um, okay. By Yomer Hashem, Right, so Hashem says Yehuda is going to lead, lead this battle. Vayomer Yehuda l'Shimon Achi, Aleiti b'Goreli, v'Nilachama b'Knani, v'Alati Gameni Itchav b'Gorelecha, v'Yelech Itol Shimon. Okay, so we were in my room and I, and I had a small board in front of me. I would show you the map, the map of, of the Shvatim. You can look it up. It's it's easily Googled. So you, you can Google um, the map of Israel during the time of the Shvatim. So. So the, the Eretz Yisrael was divided among all of the Shvatim. So one of, one, of, one of the curious things is that Shimon and Yehuda were together. There's actually no border between them. Like Yehuda was, let's say, up to this point, and then Shimon was right, right, right next to them. Um, and if you look at the map, there's no border. It's kind of like, they kind of like lived, they kind of lived together. So because they lived together, so they had common needs. Um, and one of the needs was to capture their cities. So Yehuda says to Shimon, uh, um, I have an idea. You help me, and I'll help you. Notice instead of instead of us going out to separate wars and fighting separate wars, let's let's fight it together. We'll join our armies. We'll go and attack, and then you'll come. Uh, you'll go to my city. Yeah, yeah, uh, you go. You go to my city, and uh, it's in the back. 
Yeah, and, I, and I'll go to your city and 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 all, and all is good. Uh, yeah. What? Yeah. Well, here. Well, here. They can see it on the screen. So see, it says Yehuda, and then it says Shimon right here. Like they were, they were literally together. So, so anyway. So now, before I should point out something very interesting. Like, yeah, we never thought about this. Why does Yehuda ask Shimon? So Yehuda was the biggest shaman. They didn't really need military support, right? They, 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 they were the Yehuda was always known to be the the the, the shark mentioned in Am Yisrael. They were the leaders. They, they, they had the large, always had the largest numbers. They, you know, they were the shaman Yehuda on, on the census in Bamidbar was seventy six thousand people in there. There were a lot of people in Shevet Yehuda. Um, anyway, so why does he go to Shimon? So something very something very interesting takes place. Shimon is the only one of the Shvatim not to get a bracha. Look at Parshas Vayechi. So now, Rashi says, now uh, I need to qualify this statement. Rashi says that every Shevet got a bracha. It says, Ish asher Each one got a bracha according to their needs. However, if you look at the text, Shimon and Levi are criticized for their anger and they're told they have to separate and, and all of that. Okay, that's that. Okay, so even, even, even if we say there was some bracha and there was some aspect of bracha, but it's not, a, it's not open and apparent. If you look in Zoysa bracha, Shimon does not appear. There is no bracha. Zoysa bracha, Shebeirach Moshe, right? It says, Echi Ruvein Ba'al Yamos, then he goes to Yehuda, then Olevi Yomar, Yisachar, Zula, Naftali, God, no Shimon. So uh, I think it's the Malbim who says this. The Malbim says something interesting. He says Yehuda actually was doing a chesed for Shimon. In other words, they didn't really need them. But, but Yehuda was afraid that if Shimon will go to war, because they don't come with the bracha of Moshe and the bracha of Yaakov, that they're not going to be successful. So Yehuda says to them, join us and you'll be included in the bracha that, that, was, that, that Yaakov gave to me and Moshe gave to me. Uh, and and, and by, by going together, you'll, you'll, you'll be protected from any, any, any xeros rows and you'll be successful in the war. So it's a very interesting um, um, idea that, that the Malbim brings out, how Yehuda saw Shimon uh, as, it was, it, was, it was really, it was a true act of, of brotherly, a brotherliness to, to be that, that he was so concerned for it that, that he said, Let, let's go together. Okay. Now, um, just, uh, just as a general statement, we're going to use the word Kanani as generic, right? We know there were seven nations. So Rashi and Chumash and Parshas Bo says that, that, what, that Kanani refers to everybody. Everybody is in the category of Kanani. Okay, so here's what happens. There's an interesting story also. Also, you see, you see, you see a Kaddish Baruch Hu in, in the story. Vayal Yehuda, vayitain Hashem esakrani vaprisi biyadam, vayakum bebezek aseres alofim ish. So they go to a place called Bezek. So Bezek is not, the, today is the phone company. Um, they, uh, I think it's a son of, it's still the phone company. My day, Bezek was the phone company. Uh, anyway, they go to a place, they attack at a place called Bezek. That's the first place in Sefer Shoftim that they attack. 
and they defeat an army of 10,000. Now, then what happens? Okay, here's, here's where it gets a little uh, gory. So apparently, Adoni Bezek, who was the king of Bezek, was a pretty evil guy. Because not, not only did he defeat his enemies, but he would, he would mutilate them. He would cut off their toes and their, and their thumbs. And he would make them crawl under the table for their food. Like he was very cruel to them. And, and, and the, the, that's what he did. Now listen, now watch this. Now, now, and then I'll put it as an interesting in Hawako, the chosen thumb. Uh, so when he saw the, the army of Yehuda and Shimon, so it says that he, he evacuated, he ran away, right? Uh, by the way, that is a theme in Sefer Shoftim, uh, enemies running away. See that by Sisera, uh, you know, and uh, and, and uh, all the other uh, nations. Uh, they they come they come through and say for Shoftim and, and they run away. So anyway, so what happens here is like this. So now he runs away. also and they catch him. So what do they do? So 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 the the, the story of his mutilation is legendary. That the, the Yehuda and Shimon knew what he did. And so what did they do? They did it to him. They capture him and they cut off his, his toes and thumbs. Now watch this. This to me is the most striking statement in all. Adoni Bezik said, This is, wait a second. What just happened to me? 70 kings I mutilated. Right? And they had the, they were they were crawling uh, under my table. Uh, and Masud uh, Dostovit uh, points out they were they were they were taking they, were, they had to eat the scraps of the food that I would throw like like a dog. Uh, like I treated them like like dogs. Uh, I threw the scraps of the food uh, under the table and and they had they had a, they had a, that's how they had to eat. He said, "This is what I did to them." Kasher Asisi. Isn't that an amazing statement? He, he had a moment of, of, I don't want to say divine inspiration, but divine reality. <laughs> uh, I, can call it, I don't think he had a tabua. Uh, he said to himself, uh, They bring him to Yushalayim and he dies. Now, no, so look what he says. So we have a phrase for that. called called Midah Adoni Bezek saw that Akadosh Baruch Hu was punishing him. Now it's all, it, it, we have a tradition. Elokim means midasadin. That means God is sitting in judgment. So so he saw God's judgment. He saw that Akadosh Baruch Hu caught up to him. And and you're going to be evil. You're going to be evil. You're going to be evil. Well, there's a price you can pay for that. It does catch up to you. And then they brought him to Yerushalayim and, and he died there. They, why, why they brought him there? So the Masudah David points out that was their next uh, stop on the journey. So, so that's, what, that's why they went there. Now, to me, to, to, to me, here's, here's, here's my thing. Here's my, my, my read on the story. Um, Akadosh Baruch always catches up. 
good and bad, Baruch Hashem. I mean, like, like when, it, when you're good, you get, you get, you get you're good also. There is, a, there is a, there's a story, you know, in, in, in December, uh, you know, of course, December 7th, 1941 uh, was Pearl Harbor, right? Um, on December 8th, that's when the FDR gave the famous speech, the day that we'll live on in, um, in, in infamy, right? Now, that, that, that was the famous speech. Now, uh, on December 11th, uh, Hitler Yamach Shemot declared war in the U.S. According to the, according to the, um, um, the treaty of, I think they were called the Access Powers in the time. World War One was the central, and then World War Two was the Access. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Access. Something I remember from uh, Dr. Marek. <laughs> right. uh, anyway, um, so so according to the treaty of the Access Power, uh, Hitler did not have because Japan attacked us. He did not have to join in in the war against against the U.S. And so there's a, Stephen Ambrose writes it, writes in his book uh, Rise to Globalism. He writes that there is no understanding why he declared war in the U.S. It, it was it was an absolutely it did not make any sense him to do that. It, it was it was asking for trouble by doing that, and yet he did it. So so we have an answer. So we have an answer. Kasher Asisi Kain What's the answer? The Navi tells us. Now, just like what, what I did, God, God, God pays me back. And we know that without the U.S. entering the European theater, uh, God knows what would happen. Right. And once he declared war, and we also know that the, the, the isolationists in this country at that time were, were, were very strong. And, uh, right, right, there's a great, great, great Star Trek episode about that, uh, uh, sitting on the edge of forever. Uh, the, about the uh, powerful the 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 the, um, uh, the the isolationist movement was in in this country, and they would have kept America out of Europe. I mean, they would have they had no choice with Japan. I mean, they had to fight in the Pacific. They attacked us. They destroyed uh, all the other Navy in Pearl Harbor. But but they would have kept us out of Europe. But once he declared war, uh, I, you can't keep us out of there. We got to go fight back. Uh, and and that's the answer, but, ladies and gentlemen. Adoni Bezek understood it, and the world needs to understand the Yad Hashem in history. And, and, and that mystery is no, you know, when I, I remember reading that in, in, in Stephen Ambrose's book, and I remember thinking to myself, it's not a mystery to me. I understand why. why uh, you know, it's interesting. Mark Twain talks about Jewish, Jewish uh, you know, uh, immortality, and, and he says he doesn't understand it. Torah, uh, and you know, as long as we keep the Torah, we're guaranteed to to, to be around. So that, so so it, it's just uh, again, it, this is an example. I said prophecy in the 21st century. Now, what's very important, um, uh, and I have and I have and I have to point this out, and, and this is very important to to understand. We don't always see it. We don't always see it. And that's what makes it challenging for us. Like we, we would like to see evil destroyed. Like we would like to see, uh, you know, uh, Hamas uh, one uh, die of a plague in one day and, and be wiped out, or Hezbollah or any of these uh, evil people in this world. We would love to see that. Doesn't work that way. <laughs> that, that, that's also a point. So he was good until Yehuda and Shimon attacked him. Right for years he was doing this. And, and, and he says 70 kings. 
So he didn't capture them in one day. Uh, it was over a, a long period of time. And, and he was perpetrating, uh, Adoni Beza was perpetrating his evil for a long time. But eventually, that, that, that after a long uh, time in Mitzrayim, HaKadosh Baruch says, okay, it's the time. So we don't know the time. We, we do not have the benefit of, of that. He does not call us on the red phone or, or, or somebody on the red phone and tell us when this is going to go down. But, it, but Shmuel Hanavi promises us that it's going to go down. It's going to happen. Okay? And I, I think that's a very important lesson from this story. Uh, I, just in general, that, that, you know, everyone gets their, you know, things catch up to people. Uh, and and the, uh, on a smaller level, uh, we also get what, you know, eventually Eretz Yisrael comes out. You know, uh, you know in 1948, you know, this book, this book talks about 1948 and 67. I'll show it to you throughout. Uh, uh, it's not because I'm such a, a religious Zionist. It's just, uh, it's, it can't help it. It's there. Um, you know, in 1948, you know, you know, yeah, see, <laughs> The Arabs, you know, they would have been smart. They would have said yes to the UN because they would have, they, they, they would have been so much better off than what, what they ended up with and each time. But, in, you know, in 1940, the, U, the UN partition plan was not a defensible borders. The borders that what, what, what the UN gave us was not defensible. It, it couldn't happen. And the Arabs had half a brain that, thank God that they didn't. But I'm saying they, they would have said, okay, and we'll figure it out after that. It was not a defensible border. It, could, it, couldn't, it couldn't happen. Um, and, and you know what? Uh, so well, so what, what did we say? So what did, uh, did you know, David Ben-Gurion and all of you say? Yeah, we'll take it. We'll take it to start. We'll, we'll, we'll begin the process. And, and, and then, by, and then by, by, by June of 1967, we had, we had a country three times the size. Everything in its time. That's what. That's what. That's also a lesson. Sometimes they. Sometimes they. Sometimes we have to step back. In 1956, we went into Sinai. We pushed the Egyptians to cross the border. The border. What do we have to do? We had to pull back. And we have to sign. We get, uh, one, one, one thing. If you were in the Israeli army, you, you had to love the Sinai because you keep getting kept going back, back and forth, back and forth. Um, uh, and, and and that's also a lesson here. Yeah, the Eretz Israel comes eventually. It, it, it's a um, the process of, of coming back to Eretz Israel is a process that takes a lot of time. Okay, uh, just one more one more uh, thing, and then we'll 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 stop for this week. Okay, Okay, so it says that they they attacked Yerushalayim, but I am I am convinced it's not the Yerushalayim that we know of. I'll tell you why. Okay, it can't be. It means the area. It means the surrounding area of Yerushalayim. Could be, one could suggest, where, where, where today the, what's called the quote, new city of Yerushalayim, outside the walls, that could have been the area. So what, 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 what we, we do know, and this we know, that, for example, the Arabayas was owned by a, a Yavusi. It was owned by a Yavusi. There are three lambs there are three places in Eretz Israel that beyond the promise from Hashem, we absolutely belong to us. So we bought it. Shechem, Yaakov, it says the Yaakov buys land by Shechem, B'meya Kesita, Barsha Yishlach, Marasa Machpelah, right, uh, no question. 
and uh, and higher bias. <laughs> higher bias is there. They say they say it's theirs. That's the biggest joke of this earth. Well, well they it's theirs. It's not theirs. They don't they don't own it. They don't know what the what the higher bias. And uh, that sale still holds too. Uh, uh, so anyway, so I uh, so anyway, we're gonna see later in the in the in the parrot, they were not able to capture the actual Yerushalayim because of a treaty that was made between Abraham and, and Avi Melech. And the treaty was Nini Lenekti for a number of generations. So Rashi brings down that the descendants of Avi Melech were still alive and they weren't allowed to. So when it says here Yerushalayim, I think it just means the, the surrounding areas of Yerushalayim. Remember, it's all in the land of Yehuda. So it makes sense that the surrounding areas of, of Yerushalayim. And it says they burn it down because it's a Kanan with that. They had to, they had to burn it down. Then they went and they fought the mountains, right? They took over the, the what's called Hare Yehuda. The Negev is, of course, Be'er uh, Sheva and those areas. Vashvela in the valley. The same Hebron with Panem Kiryas Arba. So Hebron, so they went, then they went to Hebron. Hebron is called Kiryas Arba. So there are a number of reasons why it's called Kiryas Arba. So we know from Kumish, either because of the of the four pairs that are buried in Kiri in, in Hebron, uh, Adam and Chava, Avram and Sora, Yitzchak and Rivka, Yaakov and or because of the of the four uh, giants, um, Achiman, Sheshai, and Talmai, and their father. So interesting. One of the Mepharshim points out the father's name was was Arba. So it was it was Kiryas Arba because that was the town that the giants lived in um, um, at at that time that were defeated. Uh, now. Um, now there's a there's a there's a very big uh, history of Hebron uh, that belong that goes back to it's, it's coming up to the nine days uh, when 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 um, Kalev went to uh, was part of the Maraglim was part of the spies and they went to Eretz Yisrael and so we know that that Moshe gave a bracha to Yoshua he added the yud to his name right Hashem should save you from the from the Maraglim Kalev was on his own. Where does he go? It says, the Pesach in Vayishlach says, not Vayishlach, says, Vayavo ad Hebron. So Rashi asks, Vayavo, what do you mean? He was with a group of 12 people. It said it's singular. So Rashi says, the Kolev levado, halach lishtateach al kivrei ovos. The Kolev goes, and, and he, da, he goes to Hebron, he goes to Maras and Machpelah, and he davens, that uh, by Maras Machpelah, that the Ovos should help him, protect him from the other Miraglin, that he should come back and he should tell uh, a, good, a good report. Now, because of that, and we know Kole was, was one of the two Miraglin that, that did say, let's go and do it. Uh, so, he, so Moshe promises him, and we'll see that later in the parak. Moshe promises him the city of Hebron, to him and his descendants. I mean, it was, it was part of Yehuda, but, but, but uh, in fact, we just read yesterday that Kalev ben Yifune were, were, was on the administrative team that divided the land. They, he was the representative of Yehuda that helped Yoshua and Elozer HaKohen uh, divide the land. But Kalev was given, was given the city of Hebron because of his, uh, of his long connection from the time of the Miraglim, and, and there was a promise that Moshe uh, made to him. Okay, I think we're I think we're gonna hold up here for tonight. It's already nine thirty, um, and Mr. Shem, we're gonna we'll, we'll continue uh, doing this, uh, Mr. Shem, next 
next Sunday night. Um, try to come on about five minutes earlier, okay? So Nicola is moving back five minutes. Okay, so we'll see you at about 8.40 next, next Sunday night, okay? Okay. Just gonna ask. We'll stop the recording.